Waking life and dreams. Dreams, dreams, dreams. When I've got conchu in my head, I don't want conchu. In my head, I really don't want conchu. And I can't tell the difference between waking life and dreams. Dreams, dreams, dreams. Dreams, 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 dreams. There we go. That might be the highest we've ever started the fanfare, <laughs> and it felt like a huge mistake. That's <laughs> all the panic in your eyes. It feels like a huge mistake things. every single time we do it, and yet we do it because we're professionals, and we are committed to being the Empire Podcast Marvel Studios Fanfare mm-hmm. Orchestra, with a little nod this week to the Everly Brothers and R.E.M.'s version of Dream. There you go. Okay. Yeah, all good. And Helen, you said that wouldn't scan, but I scanned perfectly. I maintain my position. Hello, Paul, and I'm Chris Hewitt, and welcome to the second in our series of Moonlight Spoiler Specials, of course, dedicated to the brand new Disney Plus MCU show. And this one, you'll be shocked to know, is dedicated to the second episode of the series, which is entitled Summon the Suit. It's directed by Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson, written by Michael Castellan, and sees Stephen Grant uncover a few more layers of the mystery. Get to know Mark Spector a bit more. Get to know his future ex-wife, Layla, a bit more. Have some lentil soup mm. and beat the shit out of a jackal. <laughs> Pretty impressive, all things considered, really. Yeah, he's basically CJ from the West Wing. <laughs> he really is. And uh, joining me to discuss the episode are three conchus of such lethal cunning, all of whom I would hope draw the line of child murder. The silence was uncomfortable. (laughs) Sure. Let's go with yes. Yes. All right. Give me the full scenario. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is the child coming at me with a blade? Because, I mean, I feel I I need context. Do you feel you couldn't defend yourself (laughs) against a child with a blade? Hey, look, I've seen fucking Pet cemetery. They can be nasty Mm -hmm. little fuckers. You don't know. Undead children, Helen. Can you kill an undead child? Well, undead children, this feels like Mm -hmm. a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. Normal, normal living children. Okay, we could all probably agree to that. Are they possessed by the Egyptian moon god Khonshu? No, there's no possession. They're just a kid. What about Philly to the? Are they aliens? Like Philly to the damned? They're just like a human child. And are they a human child? They may be armed, but they're a human child. Do they worship a god who walks amongst the rose, like the children of the corn? Not that I'm aware of. No. All right. Okay. So they're normal children. No, one child. We're talking one child. One child. Malachi. Is it baby Hitler? It's it's a human child. It's not baby Hitler. We have right. not time travel. All right. Okay. Here's a question based oh off your question. We all know the old classic, what would you do if you had a time machine? Would you go back in time and kill baby Hitler? Mm-hmm. What would you do if baby Hitler followed you on Twitter? Would you? <laughs> well, you're saying, would you not kill him because you'd block lose a follower? Is that what you're I don't at? like losing followers. <laughs> would you block him? Right. Would you soft block him? Oh, okay. Would you mute him? Soft block. Yeah. Or would you, D, travel back in time and kill him? I, I don't feel like these are the 
I, I, is why the, is the do goal they know here? he's Hitler? Like, I don't yeah. understand. Like, How he's does, just a kid called Adolf. No, 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 it's at baby Hitler. Oh, so, right, we, okay. we okay. so we know that he's... Why was yeah. his first move to get Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it well, is in where... in fairness, it would be. The absolute I mean, worst... Yeah, 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 100%. It's where all the supervillains hang out. <laughs> <laughs> I feel we may have got off track. Okay, okay. We were never on it, were we? Yeah. We should get back on track and discuss the matter at hand. Would you kill a child? You said with a blade. Are we talking about a knife Blazer. or the daywalker known as Blade? Yeah. And well, when you say a child, the, do you mean question. the child? Lee no, Child. No, not Lee Child. No, don't, no, no, <laughs> one, whoa, whoa, no one is to kill Lee Child. I cannot emphasize this enough. No one's to kill Lee Child. We all agree on that. But also Ben's no face one. when someone can <laughs> suggested killing the child. I, I can't I can't. Oh, Grogu. Gro- Grogu. Yeah, yeah, Leave child. Grogu alone. Yeah. Grogu's Everyone not a child. Grogu, Grogu is fifty years old. Grogu is also, the child. the child. I could strangle a fifty-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Do, Can we not? You said strangle, anybody? right? I mean, <laughs> that was you. That was definitely felt, you. Is that how for her? Felt like it was in the air. Thing. I don't think he was going to strangle him. Of course, he wasn't going to strangle. He'd drown him in a bucket. Probably. Drown, I don't yeah. think he would. Oh my god! I don't think he would yeah. strangle him. Maybe with a pillow. Two, like three minutes him. Mm. Look, until they stopped moving. Nobody's yeah. killing anybody. All right. Quick dark nope, saber. None of you, none of you, are killing anybody with a dark saber, a blade, or anything else. Blade. Yeah. None, no, n- neither blazer. the blade, nor the laser, nor the vampire killer blade. Okay. None of them so, are being right. used. Just to by recap, us we are not kill. killing the child. We are not killing a child, and we're not killing Lee Child. Correct. Yes. Okay. What about Andrew Child? That's absolutely fine. No. Andrew Child, brother of Lee Child. Yeah soon to take over as the solo author of the Jack Reacher novels, mm-hmm. is coming at you with a rusty shiv. Are you telling me, Helen, that you really wouldn't kick him out of a window? Okay, that's this is a very different scenario for a start than where we started off. I don't know that it is. It is, it's because still a now child. it's self-defense. A child. Ben is absolutely right. This is what I meant all along. Would you kill Andrew Child yeah. if he was coming at you with a rusty a shiv? Child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A child. Yeah. Or perhaps child. a rolled up a copy of child. the manuscript for Reacher 28. Yeah. Uh, well, that... Mm. Okay, again, I reiterate my basic position, which is that none of us should kill people as a first resort. That should not be where we start the discussion, okay? It's a very much last resort scenario when there is no other way to get past yeah. Andrew Child, who, she's, she's not wrong. contrary to all we know of his character, is apparently in this scenario a crazed killer. As you say, last resort, you do condone it then. No, that, that's not what I'm... Look, Dark Passenger I, could just go away again then. Can I just say, can I just say two things? Yeah, two things. Sure. Yeah, sure. One, I wish you told me that an hour ago. And secondly, my condolences to the child family. Okay. Let's move on and talk Let's about the episode. Let's just have a quick we? chat with the police before we go okay. any further. And we'll, we'll just put a cut in here and then we'll come back. We haven't when even Chris, done the introductions yet. This is when extraordinary. When Chris has finished his, his <laughs> prison no, sentence oh and, we can, and we can finish this discussion. Chris, oh, when they ask you things in the police station, just make like Reacher, say nothing. Yeah. Say nothing. Hewitt said nothing. Please state your name for the record. Hello, my name's Stephen. Stephen with a fee. <laughs> or in my gift shop. I thought I'd introduced you. I'm so sorry. I got caught up in a philosophical Whatever discussion. The hell that was. Uh, Helen O'Hara is here. Hi. Hello, Helen. Hi. Um, I don't think anyone's listening anymore, but James Dyer is here. Hello. Hello. And uh, Ben Travis is here as well. Hello, Ben. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. How are you yeah, doing? Yeah, we should probably. Keep the Stephen Grant with a fee. Stephen with a fee. Stephen Grant at the gift shop. We should keep those voices to a minimum this do, week. Do you see that you happening? Do you, no, do you I don't really. No, no. 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 we'll be no. going all in, really. What do we think of the app, folks? 
What do we think of the app? Yay! Good app. Yeah, good, good app. app. Good app. Yeah, yeah solid yeah. app. Yeah, solid. Yeah, it's better than better or worse than last week's. What? Well, the bus routes were about the same, but <laughs> I feel like the action. There was more action. There was a bit more explanation of some mm. of the stuff that's going on. So we've kind of left some of that mystery. What the hell is this? Why am I? waking up tied to my bed thing behind and start getting into the, well, that's because you're possessed by the Egyptian god Khonshu. So, you know, that's always fun. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one. And, um, and I, yeah, I think there'll be some stuff to talk about when we finally get into it. <laughs> you think? All right. Well, I'm afraid that's all the time we have. Yeah, we're, <laughs> done. we're done. Join us next week for episode three. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it was nice. It really built nicely on that first episode. And you had lots of scenes of Oscar Isaac talking to Oscar Isaac, talking to a giant Bird skull, which is something mm. that you don't get to see that often. You don't get I feel like of it's that, lent into that yeah. weirdness uh, and getting to see more of our beloved boy, Stephen Grant's, oh. but also getting to see a bit more of, of Mark Spector and seeing those guys play off each other, like a, a, a buddy duo inside this guy's own head, mm. plus aforementioned bird moon god mm. thing is uh, it's a really cool combo. Yeah, it is. Has anything not creepy ever happened in a self storage unit? I would like to know that. Well, there's some funny bits in Brooklyn Nine Nine when they took that guy down in this in the storage unit in like episode one of series one. Yeah, that was funny episode. rather than scary. The thing I always think about is Yule in uh, in uh, Breaking Bad just l- doing starfishes on that big stack of money, just lying on the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. do that. Could you yeah. live in the storage unit? It, People it, do in be, movies, but no, I think that it, that is strongly discouraged. Wouldn't be cost effective, I guess, would it? Be Not one thing? terribly, yes. no. Go out to big yellow storage. What's your rent, by the way? <laughs> how, how much do you charge? Well, is it, is it a bit like safety deposit boxes? Where, uh, you know, because clearly Mark Spector here, and I think we're actually discussing the episode seriously now. Yeah. I don't know how that happened, but yeah. I apologize. Yeah. So Mark Spector has rented this yes. uh, big storage unit. Yeah, can't to buy in central London. Unit 43, yeah. But clearly he can because he has a lovely flat, exactly. which we believe is in zone two. And this week's episode answered the question of how Stephen thinks he can afford this flat because for Stephen, it's, it's his, his mother's yep. flat. But obviously Mark is footing the bill we somehow assume. through his mercenary Unless ways. his mum's going to turn up. Unless his mum turns up. You know, she may uh, not. I, I would suspect not. I, sp- uh, I suspect not also. But we, we shall see. Uh, anyway, back to the storage unit. So he's rented the storage unit. Mm. And then is it a bit like safety deposit boxes where you can basically, they don't police what's inside those storage boxes? Correct. So therefore he can build this kind of pied de terre, if you will, <laughs> In, in in London, As this honestly that would probably be good three grand a week. metal walls. Yeah. Well, hang on. I mean, look, he's been to several different storage units. He's probably in somewhere like Bermondsey. Like it's barely central London <laughs> at this point. And he is um, he does have the camp bed there, but it clearly is more a, a sort of storage and you know crash out when he absolutely needs to. And he's worried about going home and kiss. That means Stephen wakes up. I feel like maybe there's something like. Mark thinks if if he goes to sleep here for a couple of hours, he can actually get some sleep and wake up as himself. So I mean, I wonder if there's something like that where there's a mm-hmm. there's a tendency to of, of some kind of continuation from how you went to sleep originally. I don't know. Anyway, but I don't think it's his like major living space. I don't think he's in it very often. I think it's very much a drop and a yeah a safe house for very short visits. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. I just wondered if you could, um, you know, whether. 
Ask him for a friend, right? <laughs> no, I don't need to. I don't need to. But I'm just saying, if I were on the run for the law, <laughs> for example, if you'd accidentally killed Lee Child or Andrew Child and you needed somewhere Lee to Child. hide, then yeah, yeah, big yellow storage. Then yeah, don't don't look in storage unit 43 mm-hmm. uh, in Bermondsey, I guess. Uh, we'll get on to the London geography uh, a little oh. later on as well. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I thought this was a good episode, uh, a very, very solid episode. Uh, when I was listening back to last week's show, which I have to because I edited the bloody things, I noticed there's two things we didn't really talk about. One, we didn't talk about Moon Knight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see how that would be relevant to yeah. the show Moon Knight. Yeah, uh, a moon oversight in our parts. And we didn't really talk about, you know, this, we mentioned it a little bit in, in Dispatches, basically, but this is the first MCU Disney Plus show to introduce a major, 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 major yep. character to the to the MCU front and center is what I mean mm-hmm. because obviously like we, had, we had yeah we had mm-hmm. Monica Rambeau being introduced in in WandaVision. Here we have Mark Spector and Moonlight and Stephen Grant being introduced in this. My question is eventually is why is this a TV show? Have you seen enough so far to justify this show's existence as a TV show or is this a story that could have been told in two hours and change? Well, the TV shows, as we all know, are vastly superior oh, to movies. Oh, God, even. As no. we talk about Get on out. the TV podcast. Get so, out. You know. Get out. I'm not kidding. Get out. <laughs> hey, look, I, 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 you know, I've, I've said this to Cal Come Home. I'm a big, big fan of long-form storytelling, whether that be in books. I will not read single one-off books ever I need a book that's at what? least like five I won't I won't read standalone books I will only read series I mean of that's books. crazy and I say this is a lover I, I of cannot, time I cannot deal with single books because it's like by the time they're finished they're gone you start them and they're gone and I kind of this carries over so my love of long form storytelling also extends to I can't even to, how long to, have I known you and I've never known that how do you that know is this? psychopathic yeah I refuse psychopathic. It's, it just feels like so for me it's a little <laughs> bit like watching uh, like you know like uh, like episodic TV like procedurals I don't watch them because they're so fucking pointless because there's just no point to them they're finished pointless. and they're done I don't watch that either but I need something with an ongoing narrative that I can immerse myself in over time so I like a book like The Wheel of Time which has got 157 volumes at the last count uh, or a TV show that has like 200 hours of stuff in there I need all of the content all of it in so my face you would never just... read The Stand because it's just one book it's, it's longer than 15 individual books so yeah, you could probably first, get away with yeah, that the, one the but sta- generally speaking yes that does hold I, I mean, will not read standalone books you are crazy person um, <laughs> I mean genuinely that's a mad mad position to take no it's, yeah, it's, it's apart from anything else you are stressed out all the time because you have so much content to consume because Not your unfair. games and your TV take so long Yeah. imagine how much less stressed you'd be if you could actually just you know pick a, a short story and enjoy oh, it and be finished shudder anyway. it's like anthology shows I can't deal with those either because again it's like well I've watched this episode it's unconnected to anything else what a waste of my time oh, okay, okay so I think okay. the real point of this show actually first of all it's it's kind of hard to tell yet if this yeah. is going to justify its running time I think we have had two episodes I guess totally they do you know run to the length of a movie and we haven't had a movie's worth of stuff in there yet we, mm-hmm. we are going more slowly and getting maybe more time with Stephen Grant than I think we would if this which was a movie which is why it's great which is why it's great um, but also uh, it's hard to know wh- without knowing where the show is going whether they're using that time effectively yet I think the main reason if I'm honest that we're not getting this as a movie is nobody knows who the fuck Moon Knight is and he has no name recognition generally in the world but nobody knew who the Eternals were and they got a movie and nobody knew who Shang-Chi was and he got mm. a movie that is true but that th- is true. you're making an assumption that a movie is a better thing than a show but, which I would query is maybe not the case 
I, I, no I, I, am, I would be happier, <laughs> genuinely true. I think certain things like, so so your Infinity War, your Endgame, I think there's an amount of, frankly, money involved in those things and spectacle, which lend themselves very much to the big screen, 100%. But when it's character driven, when it's sort of like largely about sort of interplay between people and understanding characters, I'm very, very happy, much happier, in fact, to see a long form thing play out on television over six, over eight hours. So I get to spend time with these people, get to know these people, get to luxuriate in a story. You know, I, I, But then Spider-Man should be a TV show. Well, by that token, every Marvel thing should be a TV show. If someone said to me, okay, right, you can have one Spider-Man film, two hours long in the cinema, or you can have three seasons of a Spider-Man TV show, I'll take the second one. Okay, but that would actually cost much more than the one sure, movie. Sure, sure. make but, much less but, money. But I, I'm not paying for it. I'm just, I'm just getting to spend that time with the character. I'm like, yep, thank you very much. I will take box number two all the time to hang out with that character. Thanks very much. Ben, where do you stand him? on this? I don't know. Yeah, but he, he invites himself in. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> he comes with the, uh, the recording booth. Uh, ben, where do you stand on this? My feeling on it is that these first two episodes accounts to maybe, what, like 85 minutes of screen time, like 40-ish minutes for the first one minus credits, about 45 minutes minus credits for the this credits one. Credits are long. Mm. Credits are long. But I feel like this has played out so far in quite a movie-ish way. I mean, I, I think the you can tell that the budget feels a little bit smaller maybe than some of the big big Marvel yeah, stuff yeah. but even the way that the story is told doesn't feel particularly like televisual to me or even serialized to me I, I guess you get that sort of biggish ending of the first episode where it's like ah here's your first glimpse of Moon Knight cut to credits but the, even the way into this story of like oh we can start the story with Steven and then get you to Mark mm. Like they've kind of done that in movies as well. That's sort of what they do with Eternals. That's definitely what they do with Captain Marvel. So it doesn't even feel like, oh, we've we've if we do it on TV, we can tell it the story in this way. We can go in through this slightly different route. Whereas maybe if we did a movie, we'd have to go straight up with the Moon Knight stuff. So I, I'm feeling like this does feel probably the most movie-ish of any of the Marvel series mm, I would agree with so that. far. Mm, really? I remember when I interviewed mm. um Kevin Feige for mm. The Falcon and the Wind Soldier. One of the things he said is that even in movies, he loves beginnings and endings. And one of the things he loves with TV is that that gives you six beginnings and endings. Mm -hmm. When you do it episodically, you can be like, oh, here's your like banger ending of each episode. And like, here's this like opening sequence, which is going to really grab your attention. And I feel like this series so far hasn't quite had that as much for me. It just feels like a great character in a great world rather than like... There's some of the other shows, they have these incredible sequences that you go, I can see them going like, then we open this episode and you start on this and, and it's such a confounding scene. I haven't quite had that with this show so far. Well, this one picks up where the last one ends, doesn't it? So you have yeah. a direct transition. Like it's almost like a two-parter, this this first mm. first pair of episodes. Mm. Is there of, of a piece. I'm just wondering if this, if this were a movie... You're right. We wouldn't have spent as much time with Stephen, but we, yeah. as we said last week, we kind of fell in love with the character almost immediately. True. So I don't know. I think you could have done that in twenty minutes. You, All I'm saying so far like, is, you, I think you, you could have done this as a movie. You could do it. You could do okay. it. But it's it's sometimes I like the idea that they don't have to rush it. You can spend time with it. You can just kind of sit back and let it evolve at its own pace. Here's another reason that this is maybe not a movie, and the other two are. He's not going to be as important to the MCU. How dare you? Because, according at least to Oscar Isaac, he ain't signed a nine-film deal. He's signed up for this series. 
Yeah. He's open to yeah. more, I think. That may be true. But he is absolutely, as I understand it at least, as certainly as they're claiming, mm-hmm. not signed and up to be an eternal us, so. part of the <laughs> I'm just saying, we don't know that. No, no, you're right, you're right. And he may not be vital to the ongoing sort of like evolving you know, phases of, of Mark. Like they may, he may not be tied into the larger thing. And maybe that's okay. Maybe it doesn't need to be. Maybe there is a sense that sometimes you can get a little overcrowded and sometimes there's, it's nice to have something just sit in its own little sandbox and just be perfect yeah. as it stands. Well, that said, don't you just wish that Tony Stark was still around? I know Chris obviously does, but can oh, you yeah. imagine any kind of scene between Stephen and Tony? Like Tony doing his whole like... <laughs> just, yeah, anyone and Tony. Really. Yeah, anyone yeah. and Tony. And, and to be fair, anyone and Stephen. I want Stephen yeah. to meet every yeah. single other MCU Stephen character. And and have a nice oh. chat. Oh. Stephen and Thor. Stephen and Stephen Strange. <gasps> Stephen yes. and Thor. Yeah. Stephen and everyone. See, Stephen and everyone. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. That This is why I'd almost love to see this. Uh, first of all, I want to see the Avengers fighting alongside Psycho Colonel Sanders. I think that would be spectacular. Uh, but also just, yeah, his interaction with him would be a delight. It would yeah, be like, like his, his, his trash Hello. talk to the jackal. <laughs> oh my God. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. My name is Stephen with a fee. You're in my end now. <laughs> You're in my yard. His talk with everyone, the fact that he, he describes Mark as... I don't care how handsome you are. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's and hilarious. Can, yeah. Yeah. The little American man who lives in my yeah. body. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, yeah, he's so amazing. And um, I, as a character, I, I, I love him unreservedly. Mm. I think we will get to see him going forward. This episode does a little bit of laying the foundations, maybe, for the idea that Moon Knight doesn't have to be Mark Spector. So if this series doesn't fly, and certainly the things we've seen would suggest that it is, you know, we've seen two more episodes of this. Mm. We're not going to give you spoilers, don't worry. Uh, it's it's really good. I think episode three maybe takes a little dip, but episode four brings it back for, for me. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think I think this character is going to fly. In the interview I did with Oscar and Ethan Hawke and Mae Kalamaui for the, uh, what's it called? Empire Podcast. Yes, that's <laughs> Got the name of the podcast. Uh, he did say that when he was first talking about the character... He liked the idea that it was a, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but he said, he, you know, he liked the idea that it was this weird character that could very much function on its own, but could also play with the Avengers one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that, you know, we're still, obviously Feige and Marvel are thinking long term. And I think he will be a part of the cinematic MCU going forward. I think that may be the way to get Oscar Isaac to come back. It's like, okay, you're going to do a TV show first. He's no stranger to TV shows like Show Me a Hero and things like that. So he's okay with that. He's okay with doing six episode runs. But the second time we see Moon Knight, it'll be in either his own movie or as a major part of, say, Blade or something like that. Mm. I was going to say, it feels like Blade and some of that like occulty stuff Mm. is the kind of area that he would fit quite nicely in. And maybe we need to just, I don't know, the Marvel Knights sit and get ready for the birth of a dark universe within (laughs) the MCU. Welcome to a new world. Welcome to a world of gods and monsters. And monsters. <laughs> and monsters. Hello. I was I was thinking today because I I frequently do. Um, <laughs> do you know? I don't frequently <laughs> I don't frequently think, or do I? But therefore I am. I don't know. Uh, but I was thinking about the lineup of the the next lineup of the Avengers, and whether Moon Knight would be in that lineup. I kind of think he might be because I think the next lineup of the Avengers is going to be weird. <laughs> I think it's going to be very, very strange. Be, uh, yeah, strange. strange. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I feel like he'd be the kind of he wouldn't be like you know the core six. He'd be like you know he wouldn't be like 
Avengers Avengers, he'd be like, Endgame Avengers. Like Ant-Man you know? in Civil War. Like Ant-Man he's, he's, he's here, he's turned up in a van, he's, he's feeling all right about it. Yeah. But I think he's, he's he, just pleased to be here. Yeah. He is different in a way than I think any of the previous Avengers, uh, in that he well, a, he's possessed by an Egyptian moon god. Yeah. I don't think <laughs> I don't think any of the previous Avengers have that on their CVs. But also he's a little bit more brutal. And yes, I know we had Natasha and I know we had Clint. And uh, technically, I guess Chal is not an, uh, an Avenger, but you know he's someone who's not a first to slicing someone up with those claws of his. But this is a this is a, a a fairly brutal character who is not a first. We haven't seen it yet. Yeah, but we've seen it more in the show than from him. And I think yeah. so. I think there's Marvel are very good at walking that line when they want to. Like they they're bringing we think Matt Murdock yeah. into the MCU. You know, so you can take the character without taking all the violence of their own show mm-hmm. if they join up with the Avengers and so on. And I think that that's what they've done so brilliantly is that's why they've been able to blend all of these different tones and then go off in their own films and go back to their own crazy, distinct world. So yeah. Thor still feels different from Iron Man and Guardians still feel different from Eternals, mm. you know. So, I th- But I think you can take the character without taking all, all that goes with that in the show. It'll be fine. It'll be but, fine. But for example, I can see Moon Knight wailing on someone and Peter Parker being appalled by it. You know, I, I, and, sure. then, yeah. and then that leads to those classic Avengers dust-ups. You know, would you like to see Spider-Man fight Moon Knight for a little bit? Not that we've really got a sense of what Moon Knight's powers or abilities are yet, no, but really. cool dude who seems pretty and vulnerable at night. <laughs> I don't know. Be I, fun. I, be I, fun. I'd be up for that. But what about Moon Knight himself? So we saw him okay. last week at the end of the first episode mm-hmm. um, with his, was he entirely CG? Last week, yeah, 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 yeah. I really like the the look of him, though. I think okay. it's a, I think it's a good look. It's weird. It's different. It has a hint of the mummy about it. Mm. Um, but you know, there's nothing wrong with 1999's The Mummy. Don't you even start, James? I mean, Director Don't Stephen you Summers. Don't even start. It's fine. Arnold falls. I, I, I just said not to start. What is wrong with you? <laughs> so, he hasn't started. He hasn't, he hasn't started. <laughs> he just did. He just he didn't there. start. He just said, very, "I mean," which was literally his start. <laughs> yeah. His mere presence is he a provocation. Said, I mean. It's a provocation. It is a provocation. It's a provocation. Oh my god! It's like last week when I couldn't say anthropomorphize. That's the one. <laughs> I really am. Well, can you tell from here? Yeah. Uh, oh, I see. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> it wasn't that exciting in the episode. Anyway. Just the pleats. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I really like his look. And I also like the Psycho Colonel Saunders look. I think it's good that I, they have a distinct yeah, personality. I, I love mm. that so much that there are moon knights, that the personality fundamentally alters the way he stars up. And that whole kind of Paul Daniels meets the Stig vibe that, that Stephen has is spectacular. <laughs> I absolutely Who fucking love it. It's Paul Daniels. It's Paul Daniels. He's stage magician. Like he's got his like tails. Like he looks like he's, he's dressed like a stage magician with his white gloves, rabbit out the hat type stuff. Meets the Stig. So you're saying you want like Moon Knight goes to Vegas, <laughs> Mister yeah, Knight in basically Vegas. Basically that. Yeah. And he's just and he's just fucking hilarious. And I love him. Yeah, so do you want him to be introduced by Jeremy Clarkson every episode? No, yes. no, <laughs> yes, we I do not. No, we absolutely do not. You monster. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> Vigilante in a reasonably priced yeah. car. Oh, oh yeah, I, you are absolutely bang up for that. That'd be amazing. Uh, so, but, I, but I also him- love that. It, sorry, it comes. I love that it comes from Stephen's ignorance. So, if someone says, you know, summon the suit, and he summons a suit, a suit, because yeah. he doesn't know any better. But, but also, it's quite. It's funny, but it's also quite sinister as well. Like it really walks that line brilliantly. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that he's got the the moon logo and the slight pleat down the front of his mask. I, yeah. it's, it's really well designed. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And um, so we got to see a bit more of Mr. Knight. That's yes. a Mr. Knight version of Moon Knight. 
which is a fairly late in the day, fairly recent addition to the Moonlight canon we mm. talked about last week. Historically, when the character was first created, he had those three personalities, two of whom we've seen. The third, the cabbie, Jake Lockley, we haven't seen yet. <laughs> Thankfully. Thankfully. Uh, <laughs> oh, right, governor. I don't go south this time of river. <laughs> this time of the river. <laughs> this time, yeah. That's how they tell time in yeah, South London. Helen. I tell time by looking at the river. It's flowing. It's four o'clock. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway. Uh, Wait, so it, you think he has two extra personalities and they're both British? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Yes, um, so we see Mr. Knight, and then we see a bit more Moonlight. Mm-hmm. Mark takes back the the control of the body, and that's the first time we've seen that happen. And I loved how they they do that. You know, it's just Oscar Isaac, isn't it? But acting, I believe, acting. is what it is. Yes, it's yeah. called acting. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's really good. Um, so we get to see a little bit more of Moon Knight's fighting style, and a little bit more of his personality. But what's really interesting about this show called Moon Knight is how little we've seen the character of Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. But that's not a bad thing. And I think that it's telling that we didn't really discuss it last episode. Okay, he only appears at the very, very end. But I, I, Moonlight looks cool. But for me, he's the least interesting part of the show. Like, I love the Stephen stuff. I really enjoyed the Mark slash Stephen stuff. Uh, not in a slash fiction kind of way. I mean, that would be very, yeah. very weird. Uh, but <laughs> they are both naked at the end. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's so, a whole self love yeah. thing. I can't really be getting into that. The but, little American man inside him. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, but that, yeah, that very much is the highlight of the episode for me. Hmm. Well, the bit where he walks across the room with his nips out. <laughs> yes, yes, Chris. <laughs> the nip bit is definitely the highlight for me. All right, good. Mm. I mean, I, I feel like we don't have a huge sense of Moon Knight's no. personality yet. Like, we get a bit of that fighting style. It's very kind of swoopy and kind of stabby. Crescent Foo. Um, yes, that's a, good, that's a good phrase for it. Um, I like his <laughs> costume in that it, like, it looks very breathable. All of those like bandages. The, the hood's got like a bit of a like Mooji, not Mooji, Mooji. It's got Moobies. It's got a like a Muji linen breathable fabrics mm-hmm. sort of feeling to what it. Do you think th- what do you think the thread count is? Is a good thread oh, count? Oh, yeah. very so high. That's Egyptian cotton. Very, very practical yeah. for hot weather. Mm. Mm. Is isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, because even like, if he's sweating yes. in there, it's all it's all escaping. Very breathable. Yeah, very, very definitely. Well, actually, I mean, cotton is not the most breathable fabric, and sweat wicking is a whole thing. But Maybe, we, we won't get into that. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a whole <laughs> it's probably a wicking fabric of some it's, kind, it's, some it's, kind it's of artificial fibre. Sweat wick, anything to do with John Wick? Is that a thing? A, a, a distant cousin. Okay. Yeah, yeah, distant cousin. Um, but no, I, I really like the design of both. I really like the gimmick of um, taking the weapons off your chest. We've seen it recently with Batman doing it as well. Mm. We've seen all kinds Superman of Superman used to do it as well, didn't Superman, he, occasionally? Yeah, but that was here have a blanket and just chuck his logo at someone that didn't make I mean even for Superman that made no no sense I love Superman too they just basically make shit up as they go along and now he can kiss Lois and she will forget everything it's just like he doesn't have enough powers you see so they just have to make something up because they have so little to work with in Superman's yeah, usual yeah. range of powers. This is true. I guess once you've flown around the world so fast <laughs> that it turns back time. Hey, look. Like if share. It, if, if it worked for Star Trek 4. Did it that? work for Did Star it? Trek 4, though? Is that um, what happens in Star Trek 4? Yeah, yeah. They remember. slingshot around the sun. They, they don't they, just fly around the Earth. I mean, it's basically the same fucking thing, isn't it? They no. just go around. They take, take a slightly longer route. No, they slingshot around the sun to use the gravity well to like travel they through space time. Spoiler, they do it in sense. season two of Picard as well. Well, oh, well, you're the only one watching, so <laughs> I oh, no, genuinely think to. that's true. I know, but, but yes, they, if they, we talk about the season three trailer, <gasps> oh my god! Just when I thought I was out, right? Pull me right. back in. I mean, I'm assuming it will come with a written apology for season two, but I'm very, very excited for season three of Picard. Yes, yes. 
Anyway, okay, so let's talk about the episode. We're, I know we've done that a little bit. Mm. So the episode begins in the aftermath, the morning after the night before yep. of last week. Uh, Stephen wakes up uh, and he goes to his work, uh, which is geographically unsound, but <laughs> it's fine. I mean, okay, so he's crossing oh, over Trafalgar Square towards the National Gallery. Yep. Yeah. Then he's walking up steps, which are definitely not the National Gallery steps. They're clearly meant to be the British Museum steps, even though they shot it in like Budapest or wherever. And... And then he's walking into what is clearly, again, meant to be the British Museum, but they're not calling it the British Museum. They're calling it the, the National, National Art Gallery yeah. of London. Mm. And again, it's like... Which doesn't have any art in it. Banque Nationale de Paris. If you're a, a city, Steady. you don't get to have a national bank. It makes no sense. If you're, if you're a city like London, you don't get to have a National Art Gallery. That also makes no sense. Yeah, yeah oh, you do. Yeah, but you don't call it the National Art Gallery of London, <laughs> do you? It's just, oh. Well, that's so people will tell it apart from Taxonomy. the Museum of Great Britain. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started on that either. Anyway, I mean, leaves out Northern Ireland. Where's all the Northern Ireland stuff in that museum? This is an absolute outrage. Yeah, exactly. I want Moon Knight brought to account for his crimes. So, I mean, look, this is all well secondary to the route of the number 25 bus, which clearly doesn't go along that street. It parallels the central line, for God's sake. We do not go along cobbled um, streets. Helen, I, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to delve uh, deep into the, the route of the number 25 bus. No, they have moved uh, it since I used to use it. As it is lot, the busiest still. bus route in London. It is, it is one yeah. of the longest routes in London. It, is, it starts yeah. in uh, Ilford. I know. Nobody uh, goes to it Ilford. ends at City Thames Link Station. It goes along Manor Park, Stratford, Bow, Mile End, Aldgate and Bank. Yeah. Doesn't go to Budapest as far as I can tell, but um, <laughs> maybe there was a diversion. Maybe, there must have been a hell of a diversion. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and also like virtually none of those streets are as quiet as the one where they have the fight. In this bus, I'm just. Saying. I mean, that's just like it's look cobbles. how quiet Edinburgh is whenever Fission and Wanda are fighting those. Uh, it's those very decades. late at night, though. You know, they've gone out for. A it's very... Edinburgh. Yeah, but it's like it's you a know, city that never sleeps. People are deep frying kebabs left, right, and center. <laughs> You're thinking of Glasgow, man. Edinburgh goes to bed early. Edinburgh does not go to bed early. I'm Edinburgh get hate is for up that, all man. night carousing. <laughs> Don't make me repeat that Dylan Moran line. Edinburgh is like the start of the wedding where everything is beautiful and a little bit formal. And Glasgow is like the end of a wedding <laughs> where someone's written their number on your thigh and your hair is full of bees. <laughs> there's a fish, there's a fish, there's a fish. Speaking of his workplace, can I just say I am 100% here for the security guard who calls him a donut. Yes. Yes. That is fabulous yes. and I love him. Yeah. Yes. I also like that the workplace actually is quite nice to him when they fire him for... You know, yes, it's a very humane firing. It's really nice. Mm. Yeah, uh, I, to the point where I didn't think he was being fired at first. Uh, and then he gets the old heave-ho. Uh, yes, that scene with the security guard is very, very funny. It's like, are you crying? Yeah, a bit. A bit. <laughs> it's the repetition. <laughs> it's not just yeah. a bit. A bit. Yeah, a bit. <laughs> it's just some NSA yeah. level shit, bruv. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Real MI6 bonkers, bruv. Yeah. Uh, I love the way he, he does yeah at the end of every sentence. It gives me a little... He, he says his... Kind of inspired by Carl Pilkington, but that seems like a very Ricky Gervais, David Brenty thing to do. Putting yeah at the end of every sentence, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, yeah, funny scene with the security guard. Mm. Then he gets fired for vandalizing <laughs> the toilets. <laughs> from their point of view, that's absolutely what happened. Mm -hmm. Then he decides to take matters into his own hands and try and find out a little bit more about Mark Spector, um, or find out he doesn't even know who Mark Spector is, of course. Yeah. So he has this one clue. The one clue is the key to the. Uh, storage facility tracks it down eventually showing good perseverance on his part mm -hmm. there he finds all Mark Spector's shit including the gun and passport no middle name 
just like Jack Reacher. That's right. Mark, nun, Spectre. Um, finds a gun, finds his money, finds a little bauble thing, the Christmas decoration thing, the little scarab. The scarab. 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 Yeah. <laughs> You'd be amazed how many scarabs I don't have on my tree at Christmas. <laughs> well, branch out. <laughs> I know, I need... I, I, Literally I need and figuratively. No. Uh, so... Len, after he does that, and he has his run-in with the Egyptian moon god Khonshu in the sure. corridors of the storage facility, <laughs> yeah. which ends with an amazing man scream and freeze frame. <laughs> that freeze frame is so <laughs> freeze great. Frame is I felt so like pulpy. Yeah. It was like yeah. such a lovely little editing touch that is quite un MCU, but mm. really worked for for what they're going for. You yeah. get a sense, don't you? Because we know that Mohammed Diab is the lead director on this show, and he did four of the six episodes. And this is Benson and Moorhead, who are yeah. an amazing directing team. Uh, Jimbo, in particular, yes, stands indeed. them, stands the shit out of them. Jimbo, what have they done? For well, the endless for a start, synchronic, another one. You say synchronic. the endless for a start, but uh-huh. it's also the start, but it's also, <laughs> it's also the end. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then, yeah. No, it isn't because it because, is endless. Yeah, but also, and it's then also it goes where it starts back to resolution. Because, yeah, exactly. And then it resolution leads resolution. into the endless, which leads mm. into yeah. resolution. Well, this is this which... is really cleared things up. Thanks, guys. <laughs> but also, I point out now they also directed the fourth episode, right? I think they do because I'm pretty sure Mohammed Diab said he directed three, five, yeah. and six. So that would be a process of elimination, meaning that they directed episode four. Yeah. But I will say that those are moments of little, you can sense their, their directorial voice coming through as well. And obviously, Kevin Feige liked what he saw because mm-hmm. I believe they are the main directors, at least the main directors, maybe the sole directors on Loki season two. Yeah. Ooh. So that's very exciting. They're, they're good directors and actors and cinematographers yes. and writers and, and the whole kit and caboodle. And basically yeah. everything. Yes. So there aren't enough hyphens in the world for what they do on a set. <laughs> they're multi, 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 multi hyphenates. But, uh, I think they so take the hyphens off their chests and use them as weapons. I think that might be. That's what Mr. Knight was using. That's what the polls are for. Okay. So... After the freeze frame, which is amazing, we come to something that I think is my first real quibble with the show, mm-hmm. which is Stephen runs out of the storage facility mm-hmm. and immediately, yeah. because the plot demanded, <laughs> runs straight into his ex-wife, Layla, played by Mae Kalamawi. Yeah. And that's the first time I felt that's a little lazy. Well, she's been looking for him and maybe tracking his phone. He turned his phone on and she says mm. she tracked she has him been tracking his She does phone, explain it, so but it just feels so convenient. Yeah, sure. Well, but it does. It keeps him. things moving at least. Mm. It keeps the energy up, like from from him having that the bit of revelation we get in the storage unit as well of him talking to uh, Mark and Mark actively explaining straight up what is going on. I love the way he delivers that. Like I'm the avatar for the Egyptian god Khonshu. <laughs> There's no way to like you know judge that up. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, so you go straight from that revelation to the sort of Khonshu chase, and then straight into her picking him up. Like as much as it is a bit overly convenient, it just keeps that whole episode licking mm-hmm. along at a really nice pace. And and I think I mean Mark is basically Mister Exposition this episode. To be perfectly honest, like he he has to explain exactly what's going on with Khonshu. Um, he then has to interrupt when, you know, um, Stephen is talking to Layla and sort of explain, no, don't show her the scarab, whatever you do. And then he immediately does. But anyway, um, and and he, he has to keep explaining that basically he has to obey Konshu because otherwise Konshu going to turn around and possess her. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's afraid of. So it kind of mm. you know, it gives him a lot more... Um, reason to do what he does it's it 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 mm-hmm. puts him at odds with Stephen who has no connection to this woman and just wants his own life back and and it it's very clever writing i think 
And even that, when she's like, I'm, I'm your wife. And imagine somebody telling you that they're your wife while all of this is happening. It, yeah. it adds to that disorientation in a really nice way. I think, obviously, you understand Layla is going to be a significant character in Mark's life. But for Stephen to, yeah. to kind of hear that beyond just, hey, here's a phone where somebody called Layla keeps ringing me to, I'm your wife, and we shared all these experiences together. And we're, we're about to get divorced. <laughs> yes. And, whiplash. and even he's taken on bits of her personality. So the fact that he, his quote unquote favorite book is actually her favorite book. And so this is something of Mark's that's bleeding mm. through into Stephen, presumably, right? That's That's got to be, again, creepy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's a, an effective scene when they get back to his mum's flat. <laughs> Thankfully, she's picking up the tab on that flat. And they have, you know, she's, she's, obviously they're working on, they're, they're on two different train tracks, aren't they? Uh, but I quite like that interaction, which has ended when those two uh, bent coppers turn mm. up. They're interested in one bent thing copper. and one thing only, and that is catching bent coppers. Yeah. <laughs> but if they are bent coppers, then what are they going to do? I've mean, never said it was difficult for them. <laughs> <laughs> they're interested in being bent coppers, actually. Really. Yeah. Yes, yeah. indeed. Uh, now what we're sucking we... diesel. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, what do we make? <laughs> I am Groot. <laughs> <laughs> I am Groot. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> By the way, I've just opened Twitter because we're going to get the listener questions in a second. Uh, I've just seen one of the best tweets I've seen all year from at Carl in space. We still don't know the effects of long Morbius. (laughs) 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 Oh, very good. Very good. Good Good stuff. Good Uh, good stuff. So anyway, so he gets taken by the the bent coppers. They turn out to be bent, but they they helpfully fill in a little bit more information about Mark Spector. So he's a mercenary. Uh, He may have been involved in what seems like a massacre of some archaeologists. Presumably, I hope one that wasn't Henry Jones Jr. <laughs> that would be terrible. Yeah. Well, the massacre might have been on the other foot, as it were. Yeah. Oh my God. On the plus side, could have been Mutt. Just saying. Oh. Well, Let's hope. We, we can hope justice just, for Mutt. What no, are you team well, Mutt? Again, I'm like not pro murder, you know. Again, In, unless like, it's Andrew Child, apparently. But no, yes. that's. If you remember, I was the one who was not pro sure, murder. You said it was sure. good as a last resort. That's right. I did not you say it was it good. You endorsed the murder of Lee Charles' little brother. I did not, not endorse. He came at me with a rolled up manuscript, Helen. That's you know, not enough. That's a deadly weapon. Helen really said nothing because like she took the fifth. I really, right, okay, that's again not a thing in this country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, after yeah, Ben, uh, ben after dropping oh, a God. piano and top loader last week, <laughs> is this week once again, he's off on a killing spree uh, once again. But yes, so they get they take up by the Ben Coppers. Uh, he mm-hmm. has killed Mutt from Indiana Jones and mm-hmm. the last, uh, not the last crusade. Uh, he has killed Mutt from Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Never heard of Which quite frankly would get some sort of ticker tape parade, uh, I sense. Strangle him with a giant python. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Killed him with some CG monkeys. Uh, anyway, Mark clearly has some dark shit in his past. Uh, and then they get to Arthur Harrow's incredible... Little hippie commune. Yeah. Which is actually really rather sweet, isn't it? It's just like, it has vibes of uh, Michael showing, um, being shown around uh, the, the the sort of like the fallen resort by David and Lost Boys. It's like, that's what I love this, about this place. You ask and you get, here, have a bowl of stew. I mean, it's the most civilised interrogation by a villain I think I've ever seen. Here, come to my little, you know, kibbutz type place. 
Mm. Meet everyone. Have some stew. Have a drink. Have a nice milkshake thing. And also some more exposition about Conchu, about Conchu's place in the world, about um, what the bad guy wants to do. Mm. Um, Stephen Grant very sensibly reading out the objections to Amrit's philosophy. Mm -hmm. Um, I know, it made sense to me. I know it is. <laughs> I knew it would. I, I was literally watching it going, James likes this. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. makes a valid point. He's like, well, the no, thing is, Conchie no. comes along too late. Yeah. By the time he punishes people, they've already done it's evil. Get Amit, them, on the other hand, before they get you. That's it. That's it. Andrew Child no. was just sitting at his desk and I got him before he could get me. That is, no, wait, no. that's not my story. My hey. story is he came at me with a rolled up manuscript. Oh, Jack Reacher always says, get your retaliation in first. Absolutely. So, you know. yes, yeah. but again, Jack Reacher is not on the right side of the law. On that, How dare you? I'm saying it. Is this why you killed his author? I didn't. <laughs> James has... <laughs> Absolutely succeeded in his goal of becoming a permanent voice in your head, <laughs> Stephen Grant style. I Can I just say, James, there is chaos in you. There is chaos <laughs> no, in there all is, of us. There is just yeah. darkness. Yeah, I think I mean, it makes Ben's dark passenger look like a freaking Bambi. No, I very much enjoy the fact, is he, is he talking to you now? Is he telling you to go in? Mm-hmm, yes. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I have to say, I love that stuff. That wasn't in last week's episode, right? This was, this was a revelation that Arthur Harrow yeah. was formerly... Presumably Moon Knight. He doesn't, because yeah. yeah. no one's called him Moon Knight, and I don't think anyone will no. in this show, and maybe in the final episode, who knows. So he was the fist of vengeance. I am Groot. And that lovely conversation that they have, you know, about where, where, where Conchu's making the wind blow and yeah. blowing things around. It's like, it's all, that's all he can do. Yeah. That's all he can do. And Arthur Harrow is completely and utterly unbowed by that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought that that kind of world weariness that Harrow had and the fact that he was one up on, you know, Stephen's understanding of the situation actually made for a really interesting dynamic. It's not the usual villain dynamic of, you know, you know, you know what I know or whatever. It's yeah. it's actually a little bit different, a little bit more nuanced. And I said it last week, but it bears repeating again because they did more of it. It's just great that they have Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke in this show and they're just getting them together yeah. at regular opportunities because <laughs> I, I think it would be the sort of typical way of this show playing out would be you'd have some uh, like various Oscar Isaac threads and separately Ethan Hawke stuff going on and maybe episode four, episode five, you get them together and have some confrontations, yeah. have some fights and stuff. But I love that in these first two episodes, we've had so many scenes already where let's just get those guys together. Yeah, let's just absolutely. play them off each other. Both those actors who are both incredible and, and these two characters who are really interesting and, and have this very particular dynamic as you say complicated mm. this week by um, Arthur Harrow kind of fessing up to being uh, Conchu's avatar mm. at a former point yeah. because one of the weaknesses I would say of say something like Falcon and the Winter Soldier was because it didn't really have a, a villain you could hang your hat on and it never really brought the hero into direct conflict with that villain for reasons that really made sense or that, or that satisfied you mm. uh, and I maybe argue that this show hasn't either yet. Stephen is still operating on the on the basis that this guy must be evil because I've seen him kill people, and clearly, which is he's, a pretty good operating rule. Again, it's, it's it depends decent, on who it is. No, it doesn't. <laughs> he's probably right. He's probably right. But I'm what I'm saying is that I think there's a little bit of truth in what Arthur Harrow was telling us, uh, but. I don't think we should take everything he says at face value. No. The, man something... had, the man has glass in his shoes. That is not the sign <laughs> of a balanced individual. This is true. Um, and, but he clearly, some bad shit has gone down. I wonder if we're going get, to get to see what Maybe. happens. Yeah. I just thought that. Are we going to see Ethan Hawke in some the kind of episode? Where he yeah. breaks up with Conchu. Yeah. 
No, I, love that. That. I do wonder about that. Yeah, it's yeah. not you. It no, it is. It is definitely you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Conchu. Yeah, <laughs> it's not me. It's, it's not me. It's Conchu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's uh, that is something that could be very very interesting, and uh, the, the the debate they have. We we kind of talked about this last week, but you know, preemptively killing everyone. I mm. I'm not cool with that. Come on, Amit. Come on, you can do better than that. <laughs> Weird crocodile lady, as, yeah. <laughs> as as Stephen calls her. She. It's not a good plan. I mean, mm. <laughs> Minority Report, James. Minority Report showed the weaknesses of that thing. Plus, plus, someone may do something bad once in their life and then do an enormous amount of good to, you know, atone for it, which mm. might fundamentally outweigh the bad by a factor of a million. Yeah, what? but I like to think that Amit's I'm I'm scales take that into consideration. What if Amit also invented gesture controls? Because that was quite a good thing. From minority people. Yes, the precog thing didn't fully work, okay. but the, the the flicking around with the with the gloves to I move the things around. Don't think that the killing people that have Then stop anything. trying to make Kinect happen. Microsoft <laughs> couldn't do it. You definitely can't. Oh, move on. I missed the Kinect. Uh, but do we think? Do we think that ideologically the show has given Mark and Stephen enough of a reason so far to really think that Arthur and Amit yes. are badens because and should be stopped? Arthur's killing at least what fifty percent of the people he tests. He's a mass well, we murderer. See, we, we see, see him test. kill. We see him kill this episode. We see him kill yeah. the homeless man who, who yeah. picks up the scarab. That felt like we saw him kill a, a little well. old lady last episode. What would happen if uh, Arthur Harrow tested the scales on himself? Mm? Think on that. Maybe that's why he's wearing glass in his shoes because he knows he's a wrong un, and he's like, but he's I'm still going to carry on the mission. But I might. Mm. As, uh, I should probably like punish myself while I'm doing it. Yeah. Why would that matter to Amit? She's not a freaking Catholic. Wait, the, the lady? What? The, the weird crocodile, crocodile, weird crocodile, crocodile lady. lady. The, this idea of atonement is not, as I understand it, an Egyptian thing. Yeah. He studied theology, so he'd know. Yeah, I have glass on my shoes right now. <laughs> <laughs> Explains so much. Uh, so we, we have the cool uh, little Arthur Harrow commune. Uh, I don't know, guys. I still think he's up to no good. Uh, but then, speaking of of bad plans or mm -hmm. bad planning in the moment, Layla turns up with the scarab. Yeah. Why? And then, yeah, why? Flawed I think there's, plan. There's a there's a sadly a little bit of laziness in the storytelling in this episode. Vis a vis Layla showing up, and the plot requires her to do so. Mm. What was her plan? I guess she she thinks that she's seen Moon Knight in action, right? So she's seen what Mark can become. She's seen what he can do. So she feels if she turns up to this thing with the scarab, that she's going to then be able to get Mark to come out of Stephen and trigger the Moon Knight and kick it's all kinds of It's a bit woolly, ass. isn't it? It's like, a little it woolly. It feels like it's not been brilliantly thought through. Mm. No, this is true. And then she doesn't really do a lot once the scarab, because the scarab's kind of knocking around. Yeah. Yeah. And she just watches it being picked up by Arthur Harrow. It's like, you're on a bike. You can probably yeah. scoot over there uh, and, you know, I guess grab she's it. scared of him at that point. I don't know why she doesn't go over at that point. It's weird. I, I also, yeah, the, the plan is 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 a very, very bad one. I think she is, <laughs> she is defending, as you uh, she is depending, as you say, on Moon Knight turning up. Um, is there, by the way, a deliberate echo of Avengers in this with the whole put on the suit thing? Is the sum in the suit deliberately an echo of Tony and Steve? I would. Uh, I mean, I guess. I mean, it, it's it's delivered in a very different manner, but it was kind of in my face, not annoying me. Uh, maybe not annoying, but you know. Yeah. Clamoring at me. Yeah. 
Um, didn't think you of didn't it. Didn't think that. No, no. But it's yeah. kind of repeated in that scene. You remember? You remember the one scene on the? I'm, on the a, I'm, I'm aware you, of it. You know, it. I'm aware of it. Uh, 2012 Avengers uh, or Avengers Assemble, director Joss Whedon. Uh, Steady. But uh, yes, I am. I'm aware of it. But no, it didn't. It didn't come back to me in that moment. I have anyway. to say. But, there but you go. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, it's given that she she seems to have grasped that Stephen is a different personality. She seems to be getting that during their conversation. What gave that away, Helen? Well, it, it like it wasn't instant, was it? She, you know, no, she's like, quick, quick, yeah, she's like, drop the axe, and he's like, this is how this I, is I how talk. I talk. Yeah. Yeah. So she's getting that, but at the same time, she still thinks that Moon Knight will come out when she needs him. Yes, there's a that's yeah. a leap of faith, I think. I think yeah, it's 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 badly thought through. Mm. Uh, let's be honest. And then the the episode ends with that ex- protracted fight scene with Mister Knight, then Moon Knight with the the Egyptian jackal. I, I enjoy the mime fighting, the fighting yeah. the invisible opponent. That was quite entertaining. Yeah, yeah. it's a very supernatural. There have been so many invisible things that they've. Of course, they years. have. I thought it was a lot of fun, uh, that yeah. uh, that bit. And then, of course, he has, uh, finally, Mark has a scene with Stephen, and Stephen is now inside Mark, which is the first time that's happened where he's been um, pushed inside the astral plane or wherever the hell he goes. Uh, but it's the first time he's conscious of it or conscious oh, of boy. it. And you have these that, that lovely exchange between the two of them, which, which ends with, you know, Mark's got rage issues, which... Mm. May not come as a shock to anybody. He kicks the fuck out of that um, that mirror. What do we think of that that conceit that they can talk Inspires. through reflections? Yeah. Yes, because it enables us to keep Stephen even when Stephen isn't in control, and that for that reason alone, it is brilliant. Yeah. But also, it's just, it's fundamentally interesting to have these two sides of this personality. One knows all the information; the other one knows nothing. But they have discrete and valuable skill sets of their own and mm-hmm. which we will discover as we go along no spoilers but they have different abilities and I love the idea that they can you know swap and change when needed they are diametrically opposed yeah. as Bones. well in so many ways <laughs> <laughs> will they throw away their shot find out <laughs> next week and the week after that um, so then um, it ends up with him in in, in Cairo yeah. looking at the, the, the pyramids of Giza um, mm. with his nips out uh, yeah, he's looking for his mummy to, you know, for the flat. Oh, that's good. Oh, it's my mummy's flat. Uh, two questions about the uh, Mark and Stephen interactions. First of all, mm. only Mark can see the jackal, so Mr. Knight maybe doesn't have the full powers of the Moon Knight. Well, Am I, I misreading that? But Stephen sees the jackal. He when he's, the jackal bursts through the into the room into the um, the mad magician's man cave, true. evil evil magician's mm. man cave, which is he's, a nice. He's, little, he's, he's he is shouting about the jackal. He goes jackal, right. jackal, yeah, jackal. Yeah, he, he is, and she can see and it, but he can see it. So why don't well? we see it until Mark takes over his moon? Because it's not it's not a point of view. We're, we're getting an external point of view, aren't we? Like what other people? What she? We seeing. do see it. We, yeah. we when see when it. we're sort of in his point of view, we see it. Yeah, but then we step outside and see what. The okay, world okay, at large yeah. is seeing, right, which is why it looks ridiculous. I'm misremembering yeah. a point. Okay, fine. All right. Did they instantly travel to Egypt or <laughs> did we just skip a bit? I think we skipped a bit because there's the bit where like Conchu essentially says, where do you think we're going or whatever he says? And then his cloak covers the screen and then suddenly he's yeah, sitting but that's up by what, So that's why I was wondering, like, was it a cloak covering the screen and then suddenly when the cloak moves <laughs> in Egypt or was it a cloak covers the screen I mean, and he goes to Heathrow and he gets Yeah, I was going to say, the yeah, cloak just covers the fact that he's got to then book a fly yeah, and then he's yeah. got to get in there and his economy and he has... 
the little which Stephen would be so much better at the market. He'd be like, I'm going on skyscanner.net and I'm going to look for the cheapest flight possible. Yeah. And then he'll get it up and he'll go to TripAdvisor. Kayak.com. Oh, yeah. Trivago. Trivago. We could have had a lovely, awkward scene of him eating like a little like flight meal. What, flight that meal. Have you got the vegan options? Oh my God, by the way, I love that moment when he's talking to uh, Mark in the... Um, Storage, storage unit and he's like oh I had a steak it's one bit of steak <laughs> and I go, <laughs> I go bonkers he thinks the steak might have like disrupted his whole constitution oh, it was so the best sweet. bit of the steak though it was the best bit and it was very good very good very good very good alright listen let's have some listener questions again we've tackled most things that people are asking I think uh, Joe Van Fucht, and I hope I pronounced your name correctly Joe and if I have not then please forgive me says, Mark giving Stephen Layla's best traits and hobbies is oddly beautiful and tragic. And clearly, Stephen already has a crush on her. What happens when he inevitably falls in love with her? That's one hell of a love triangle. I, I have a crush on my own wife. Help. <laughs> but she's trying to divorce me. Or me, but not me. Yeah, that would be a hilarious um, call into a radio show, wouldn't it? <laughs> or it feels like that would be a, a story in That's Life or something as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I feel like that is going to potentially lead to... So- well, it might lead to fewer problems than you think on the basis that at least then their interests will be aligned in keeping Layla alive and free of Conchu. And, uh, you know, it would actually put him and Mark, you would think, less at odds rather than more at odds. You'd think. Luke Feezy, will the seemingly omnipresent cult of Amit be another flag smashers i.e. they're everywhere until the final episodes when there seems to be only two dozen of them <laughs> and once they're dispatched are never heard from again I mean that is that is possible look yeah, you know like I, I, you know I do love this universe but there are logical holes like that I mean we've discussed at length in the Falcon and Winter Soldier spoilers and in the Endgame spoiler the fact that the the blip is so enormous that it is impossible to rationally undo and rationally deal with and for the world not to look radically different than it does. Mm -hmm. And they have paid some lip service to, oh, the things have changed, but they haven't changed nearly enough. So uh, yeah, they they sort of have nods in the direction of this stuff, but they're never going to fully deal with it, I guess. Interestingly, this is the first Disney Plus MCU show to not directly deal with the blip. That is a very good point, yes. I mean, it's a point. <laughs> I, I, mean, Loki, I will take very good as a compliment. Did, but did, did Loki point. really? Well, Loki is kind of post, well, not post-blip, but it certainly is directly affected by the the the, the, um, the offense of Avengers Endgame. But the Endgame. events of Endgame, sure, yeah. certainly, but not really the blip. Yeah. So, but it's the first one not to really kind of okay. deal with it's stuff that's not been that's mentioned. Gone it's not something yeah. that's kind of come up. Uh, maybe it's like Brexit. Everyone's so fucking tired of talking about it that <laughs> they just fair. stopped. Yeah. They've worn us down. Mm. Uh, yeah, maybe... It might be interesting to see maybe maybe Stephen does have a moment she's been blipped uh, because oh, you no. would think you would think right of Layla no I guess he would come back instantaneously wouldn't he so but you know was she calling him for five years for example was no, he blipped for five I years think so, no she says months okay she says months uh, Nat L forty two is Stephen a manifestation of Mark's conscience or a coping mechanism for his previous actions how has he constructed a life for Stephen it's fascinating. Yes, I think quite possibly a bit of both. Um, I think it it is interesting, isn't it? Because there's all of those books in that flat 
there's a lot more than you would think that somebody would get through in several months, even if they had chronic insomnia and were trying to stay awake. Um, so you've got to assume that that is kind of Mark's apartment as well as mm. Stephen's. So there may not have been so much life setting up as you might think, because he would already have multiple identities. Um, so Stephen might have kind of emerged almost fully formed. Because there's that line, isn't it, that Harrow says about, you know, whether Conchu chose him because his mind would be easily fractured or because it was already broken. Mm. And it's the incident, for those who read the comics, to know how Conchu gets into him in the first place is obviously quite traumatic. And it's whether or not he... Did Stephen exist before then? Did he come on as a result of that? You know, would we all develop a Stephen if we were possessed by an Egyptian moon god? Who knows? <laughs> mm. But I, I still think there's more than one. I think there's another personality we haven't seen yet. Maybe so. There's yeah. less. There's fewer clues in this episode about that than there were in last week's episode. But I still think yeah. there's something we haven't seen mm. yet. I don't think it's Jake Lockley, you know, not going <laughs> south of the river. Yeah, not going south of the river this time of the river. <laughs> I'm not doing that, mate. Don't like the river. Um, but I think it might be someone else and because the show is rightly I would say taking liberties with Moon Knight's backstory in the comic books yep. Layla is a brand new character Arthur Harrow is inspired by a character that appeared literally in one issue yeah. of the Moon Knight comic and wasn't a major character so they've just basically taken his name and used it as a, as a blank slate same with Layla I think you know and what we talked last week Stephen Grant as a penniless-ish nerdy gift shop worker is way more interesting than billionaire genius playboy philanthropist. So maybe there's something new they can do yeah, in that in that area as well. And it, and it could be interesting if they get into again, you know, dealing kind of seriously with with PTSD and with, you know, the stuff that, you know, if he's a special forces or a mercenary or whatever background mm. he's come from, probably both of those if he, yep, if he became likely. a mercenary. Um, you know, he's probably seen some shit, you know, mm -hmm. and it would make sense that even the toughest and most capable guy in the world would also struggle with mm. that shit. Everybody mm -hmm. does. Dean Bowes at Dean BMM Fee says, if you saw a member of the pod after they'd been missing for months, now had a new accent and swore they were called someone else and worked <laughs> as a tour guide, mm. how long would it take before you figured they weren't just messing with you? I will now in fairness, he doesn't work as a tour guide. He's not qualified to be a tour guide. That's right. That's true. He's a gift yeah. shopist. very clear about yeah. that. Yeah, he's a gift as, shopist. As yeah. a tour guide, I'd like to be clear on that myself. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Alan's not qualified for the gift shop. Interesting. <laughs> Donna isn't in this episode, but he does say that he's dreamed, <laughs> had many her. thoughts of killing her. <laughs> I'd never do it. <laughs> One thing, I know some of the Layla scenes in this, as you said, the sort of timing of it all was a bit convenient and clunky, but I actually did buy... McClunky. McClunky. <laughs> McClunky. Oh, I did buy her sort of getting over the the Stephen thing quite quickly, especially if she's already aware of of Moon Knight of the mm. suit. Yeah, yeah. Then it's the least to weird be like, thing. To yeah, you'd be like, oh, this British guy is less weird than when it turned out you were the yeah. avatar for the ancient Egyptian Egyptian god Khonshu. She, she says on the bike, which by the way feels like a lot of that was looped in ADR, <laughs> like lately, but. She says on the bike when they're, or, or is it a Vespa? Whatever it is. Uh, you know, is this the accent? Is this Stephen? Is this another one of your fake identities? So is she aware of Mark's fractured personalities and the DID? Oh. Or does she look at him as that's part of his mercenary? Yeah, I think, yeah. I, I think like it's that like one of your identities. I think he's maybe even passed it off to her as, oh, this is deliberate. This is something I have control of. Possibly. Potentially. Mm. Um, uh, it, maybe. I don't know. But... Um, yeah, it, 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 
if if one of you turned up, you know, talking that way, I, I probably would, you know, call for help of some kind. If I turned up talking in the same voice two days in a row, you'd well, no, for that help. would be weird. Yeah, yeah. that would be, be like, Chris is clearly something's gone wrong with. The Honestly, it would just be like fucking every day, wouldn't it? Like you come in, <laughs> what? It's Peter Laurie. Oh no, it's Danny Boyle. What? What's happening? Oh no, it's just Chris. Um, yeah, but if he'd been missing for months first, though. Again, it would be, again, business as usual. Never know where he's going to be. Will he come into the office? No idea. Will he turn up and be Stephen Grant? It's yeah, possible. That's right. That's right. You know, you know. Oh, it's Chris. No, it's Ian McKellen. Oh, I'm, like a, I'm like a dog chasing cars. <laughs> you are. Uh, at Ste9Hen, first we had Steve Rogers, then Stephen Strange, and now Stephen Grant. Yeah. Is it safe to say Stephen's rule the MCU? Yes. That seems to sum it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Peters have got a good shot though, haven't they? You know, we got we got Quill, we Quill got Parker. Parker. There might be another one. Is there? Probably. <laughs> well, we don't, we don't know that Thanos' first name wasn't Peter. <laughs> it could have been Peter Thanos. Peter Thanos. Yeah. Good old Pete Thanos. <laughs> Bad old Pete Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> Five <many> times. <laughs> oh my god. Can you imagine like someone describing Thanos? Oh, you mean Pete? Pete? Oh, inevitable Pete. Oh, you know, the old inevitable Pete. Mad Pete. Always talking about how he was going to remove half the universe and make life better. God, what's he up to these days? He never did. <laughs> isn't Bloody this, hell. Isn't this basically the pirate joke from Dodgeball? Is it? Remember? He's like, Steve the Pirate. Steve the Pirate. Steve the Pirate. Gar. Yeah, Played but by when, Alan Tudyk. Yeah. Yes. When they didn't know they, there was the guy who didn't know they had a pirate on the team until he turned up in normal gear. That's right. That's right. That's Steve. That's right. Wasn't it? Um, who was? Who didn't know that he was a pirate? Was it, it was Joel the, David Moore? Joel David Moore, yes. Yeah, star of Avatar. Correct. And he plays. <laughs> Steve. Steve the pirate. Isn't it Owen? I can't remember in, his name. in Avatar. Yeah. yeah. Come on, James. You were on set. I don't know. I only know his name in the original Navi, Helen. What's it in Navi? Steve. <laughs> All right, we've got about five minutes left because <laughs> you guys have to go see uh, film, the, unbearable, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Yes. Um, at Ode underscore Ollie, as we've now seen Mark in full force and Stephen in the suit, does a pod team think it'll be a 50-50 split of screen time from now on or will it still be predominantly Stephen? Bear in mind, we've seen the next two episodes. Yeah, so that's a spoiler. Comment. We can't, <laughs> we can't, can't, we really can't comment. about it. We'll just say, should we say that Mark and Stephen will continue to be presences in the televisual spectacular known as Moonlight. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. As I your lawyer, that's, that's carefully yeah. worded. I it was carefully worded. Yeah. Saint Wright says, that was pretty marvellous. Uh, I had strange flashbacks to Firefly and I can't work out why. Okay. Uh, she says, I've never read the comics. Mark's suit was funny. Does it mean the power of Conchu's in the suit because Stephen became strong and superpowered when his suit appeared? And can the suit be whatever his personality Visualizes. Someone else wrote in saying, "What are Moon Knight's abilities?" Because hmm. we haven't really that hasn't really been established. He's no. pretty much he's strong. We he's strong. Yeah. Strong. He can't fly. He can jump quite a long way. Yeah, yeah. falling with parkour. style. I feel yeah. that's how we would. Phrase yes, it. super parkour is basically what crescents. It is. Obviously, crescents yeah. generating crescents. Can he generate croissants? He may be able to generate. Oh croissants. my god, that would that. be mine. I'd like have two <laughs> croissants on my chest at all times. I don't know <laughs> that. It might help you against a jackal actually, because you can certainly distract it. But yes, uh, you couldn't beat anyone to death with a croissant. But yes, I think strong. I think probably fast. A, a degree of invulnerability or resistance to injury, um, presumably healing powers as well. Can he, like, does he have moon powers? I don't mean just dropping his trail and flashing his yeah. talks at people. Yeah, I mean, I was going to But ask. does he, like, can he, like, use 
the moon wax and wane? Like, what do you? What does he use the moon? Thanos throws moons at people. I don't think. I don't think Moon Knight does. I don't. I don't really know where I'm going with this, but I just you know, you're called Moon Knight. Uh huh. You'd think you'd be able to use the moon. Well, can he use his powers during the day? Is he like the Moonwalker? Hmm. Wait a or, second. <laughs> or, the, or the mask. That'd be amazing if he just like walks backwards <laughs> into every fight scene. That'd be incredible. Uh, we'll find out. I, I don't really know what his powers are in the show. Mm. They're nebulous. No, no, no. That's Nebula whole... doesn't have powers. <laughs> God, I walked into that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but, but obviously he has powers. He has two different types of powers. He has Moon Knight powers and then he just has regular Mark powers. So, True. which are not insignificant are, on their what own. What are Mark powers? He's like Jason Bourne, isn't he? Yeah. He's a big killer of people. Yeah. Okay. Oh my God, here's one. I don't know if we've got time to do this. Helen, get your lawyer hat on real quick. This is from at Scissorly7. What is the legality of different DID alters committing crimes? Mm. Who could be arrested? Are they all culpable? Mm. How does mens rea work when they're technically <laughs> oh, part I'm of the so, same mind? So you glad have you asked. Two minutes. Okay. Um, interesting question. And the answer is hmm. Um, because it depends is the answer I think so there is obviously a defense to many crimes of um, insanity I apologize if that sounds like insensitive language but you know uh, being in an altered state of mind generally speaking can be a defense to most crimes not necessarily murder but most crimes Um, something like DID might be considered to fall under that but it would depend on the level of the the severity of the condition the um, the, the exact circumstances of the person's life. Um, and But yes, certainly if one persona uh, committed a crime, th- that would certainly be taken into account, but you'd probably still be looking at some kind of sentence, even if it was a sentence of you know incarceration in a, in a mental institution rather than in a prison. All right. Okay, there you go. Boom. Yeah. Answered. At Benjamin Bump, here's another cracking question. Uh, because we have learned in this episode that Arthur did Conchu's bidding, he was the fist of vengeance, he was delivering real justice before turning to Amit. Does the pod team, that's us, think that this is setting us up for a point where Stephen will have to save Mark from taking the same path Arthur did, thereby gaining parity in their relationship? No. No. All right. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I get where you're coming from, but I feel like Mark seems to also be quite clear that you don't kill people who haven't done anything yet. Yeah, he lacks vision. Everybody lacks vision. Vision's currently dead. <laughs> oh, kind of, kind well, of. Right, 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 right. I think you'll oh, find, oh, Helen, right. that the entity known as Vision currently exists in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but just in a very different form. Mm. Ish. He's currently it's on the ship of Theseus. It's an interesting <laughs> question, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, is that vision? My point being... No, James. Just no. <laughs> Just all over no. All right, fair enough. Yeah. That, that's uh, Foul Shopaholic. Last question to Foul Shopaholic. Why does Layla think Mark isn't in contact with his mother? Otherwise, why would Layla not know her mother-in-law has that flat? So I don't think her mother-in-law does have that flat. I think he's always told her he doesn't talk to his mother for reasons. And she has respected that. And she and I believes otherwise given Stephen but I don't think she has met his mother I don't think she has any connection I don't know that he has a mother <laughs> he frankly he has a mother he like didn't he just maybe, arrive he may have had a mother I'm not sure he okay. currently has a mother but yeah. I, I don't think um, necessarily that Mark has been telling his wife mm. his full family history potentially Indeed, there's an awful lot of the of backstory I think we have yet to mm-hmm. find out. I mean, Mark mentions this week he says you know Conchie says you were barely a corpse when I, when I found you 
Um, and if you go back and look at your comic book uh, origins, just Wikipedia if you can't be bothered. Although there is a Moon Knight sale. Uh, I know that Comixology isn't everyone's favorite online store these days, but they have an, a really good Moon Knight sale on right now. Uh, so if you can want to get caught up on things like the Warren Ellis run, the Jeff Lemire run, then Wasn't you can do there that. a free Moon Knight comic in the first episode? If you scan the QR code, Was it gave there? you Moon Knight's first ever appearance. The actual digital comic would come I to your phone. I did not know oh, that. I already have that on paper. So oh, cool. oh wow. So if you're not Helen and you don't already <laughs> have it, scan the QR code. And I can't remember where exactly in the episode yeah. it appears, Ben. Do you remember? Um, it's in the background. It's like on a poster yeah. in the background of like an office shot or something. And yeah, it's the free Werewolf by Night That's comic. That's right. Which is Moon Knight first appeared. Yeah. There you go. I did not know that. There you go. There's something You learn something new every single day. But... If you just go back and you know look up Moon Knight's origin, Mark Spector's origin, then he was essentially on the verge of death mm. for reasons. Yes, he I'm was. not going to yeah. go into it because uh, I think that might play out. Yeah, I yeah. think it'll come into. And in, in in the talk um, in the churchyard after he's killed the jackal, in a very um, werewolfy way, by the way, I thought that was a really kind of classic mm. werewolf shot, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but. Um, but after he kills the jackal, uh, he has that conversation with Steve, and he says essentially, "We owe Conchu. We, you know, mm. he saved our life." Essentially, so I feel like we, we may see a flashback to that. We'll we'll certainly get more discussion of that. I, I imagine going forward. I agree. Absolutely. Except CJ kills the jackal. She does every single time. Yeah. Well, Bruce Willis, Edward Fox, or a different jackal. A different jackal. Okay. But she could probably kill them too. But yeah. she wouldn't because it's wrong. She might do. If she knew he was going to do something bad in the future. No. Hey, Damien Thorne's mother was a jackal. That's true. Mm. For the record, that show, because these guys have to run, there is a really good question that's just popped into my uh, DMs from I am not Swarly. Given the intense arguments between Stephen and Mark, I have to wonder which is the oldest identity. I don't know if that's something we can cover in 30 seconds or we, we want to say for next week. It's Mark. I think Mark, but I think it also gives a lovely sense of how well-rounded Stephen mm. is, that he feels like a fully real person, that he is not, even if he didn't come first, he's not secondary. Yes, and yeah. historically Mark is the core personality. Yeah. It is Mark Spector, and the other personalities are offshoots of him. Uh, it would be interesting if they retconned that slightly and actually had Stephen Grant be the core personality, mm. and Mark was an offshoot uh, of him, a different personality uh, as as part of the DID. I don't think that's going to be the case, but it would be interesting. Mm. Uh, at some point, he has to have been taught all the hand-to-hand -hand combat stuff that he can do. I don't yeah. think you just inherit that when you get another personality. Mm. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, I loved that, by the way. I know we talked about it last week, but the the it wasn't in this week's show, the the, the fugue state, the lost time business. Yeah. But I loved that. What a yeah. great way to establish Mark Spector's credentials without actually yeah, yeah, yeah. showing mm. that he's a badass. It's just like, boom, 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 boom blackout. Oh my God, six people are now dead. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Maybe we'll get to see him in action in future episodes. Let's hope. He said... Winking. Wink, wink. Oh, wink. Oh, something wrong with my eye. <laughs> something wrong with my eye. It's so weird. Anyway, no spoilers. Uh, and that is it. That is it on that note for our, I think, completely and utterly straight down the middle and not ramshackle in any way, <laughs> discussion of episode two of Moon Knight. Um, join us next week for more Moon Knight related fun. Where we'll be talking about episode three in which things happen. That's all I can what? say. Come on. Chris. I'm not even sure I can... with the spoilers. Come oh my God, on. someone's going to go, things happen. Ben Grimm confirmed in the oh, MCU. God. That's not what's happening. Uh, Helen and James have got to run. Ben, are you going to see? What are you going to see? 
I am going to see my computer while I talk to a cool man about a cool thing. This is very, very cool. Oh. I don't. I think I know what you're talking about, but I'm not sure entirely. I'll grill you after this. Uh, Helen's got to run see the unbearable weight of massive talent. So has Jimbo. So and, and that's it. Uh, say goodbye to Helen. Doodly. Say goodbye to James. Later, skaters. Goodbye, Ben. See you, bruv. See you, bruv. Yeah, believe you, bruv. Donut. Donut. <laughs> <laughs> you donut. And it is goodbye from me. I am off to summon the soup and go down to KFC and order the new Daredevil bites, not a tie-in with the MCU, although it might be, presumably from a psycho Colonel Sanders, and bring it to the child family as something <laughs> of a peace offering. Good Lord. Once again, oh God. our deepest condolences. Thank you for listening. I'm fucked if I cut this bit out. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm in the edit and I go, that's a bit too much. I need to cut this out. I'm fucked. That's it. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Later, Later skaters. skaters.